Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 246. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out January 28th, 2004 or 15. 2000 what? 15, but I almost said 14. 15. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're taking a look at what drives us to a comic book shop or what drives us to a brewery. It's the stuff that we like that makes us pick up something, whether it's a beer or a comic. Uh, we don't have a title for this one. What, what do we want to call it? I, I, right off the cuff, cuff like this? I don't right know. off the cuff. Let's go for it. Okay. Uh, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I like you. Why don't you like me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll come up with something later. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah. Do that. You know. You know what uh, drives my uh, my thinking cap? What do, what I what I have to do in order to start really becoming creative? Sports. No, sports. Drink. 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 Oh, that too. And sometimes we drink as a sport, uh, and other times we don't. We oh, we, we need don't. to do a show with sports drinking. Okay, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that would be like Gatorade. <laughs> I don't know. You don't get drunk. Nope, you don't get drunk at Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's scientifically proven. Uh, we're, By one man. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I had a Gatorade. Uh, <laughs> we're also drinking Sam Adams that day too. I think counteracts everything. Mm. But uh, John and I are drinking a Saranac brew. Uh, this is a local brewery in New York State, Western, well, out of Central New York. Yep. And this is Tremone Rogue. And this is a beer with grape juice. And it tastes um, very grape juicy. But not a sweet grape juice. It's a tart. It's tart. It's, I don't like this beer. But I keep drinking it. But it because it, it keeps red, drawing me back. It, uh, it combines the flavors of red grapes and Belgian yeast. It's brewed with a pale malt and it fermented with... the Belgian yeast. That, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's that familiar yeah. flavor. It's a really red, like almost like a wine cooler red beer. Well, it's from the Cornat Noir grape that gives it its distinct deep amber color and red wine-like fruitiness. I'm reading it from the back of the bottle. This is a Saison fruit beer hybrid. It's 8% alcohol by volume with a specific original or an original gravity. I don't know if it's different than specific gravity of 17 uh, and mouthfeel medium. Weird how they break this down. This is from their High Peak series, Saranac. And so far, I don't think we've liked any of their High Yeah, Peaks we've, stuff. um, they had that whiskey one that was good. They had that lemongrass. Uh, the lemongrass one was not, not good. good. Yeah. They did another one that we really liked. Yeah, it was like the black, uh, the black bottle. What was it? Yeah, I don't remember. Because I, I remember seeing it and looking at it and being like, yeah, that was good. They've done a couple other ones that we've kind of yeah, we've been passed meh. by. Um, they had an Imperial IPA that I was interested in, but I haven't picked it up. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I never mind checking out a beer from Saranac, something new. Because sometimes they wow you and sometimes you get this beer that you don't like, but it just keeps making you drink it. Yeah. This one, yeah, I wouldn't want to drink. I'm glad we have the one bottle and that we split the one bottle. 
because this is something that if I was handed and like, oh, Paul, you might like this, I would drink it and be like, oh, yeah, it's good. Thank you so much. Yeah, I do like it. And hope that they would never buy me another bottle. <laughs> you know, because it's one of those where... So I should I, return that four-pack I bought for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, They're honey-dicking you. Yeah. <laughs> guys are making interview references. You know I didn't see that movie. But here, no, but here's the thing, Paul. We're making these references, so you so can start making them. You can make, when somebody says the term honey-dicking, you'll be like, yeah, interview. I heard it's a movie. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I will talk to you as if I did. And then if you ask me if I saw it, I will say, <laughs> no, no. And anyone starts saying stuff like that, you just be like, Baby, you're a firework, and they'll they'll be like, "Oh, let's be friends." Oh, good. And then they're like, "Why are we friends with Paul?" <laughs> I tricked you guys. <laughs> you honey dicks us <laughs> <laughs> into becoming friends with me. <laughs> oh, right. full circle. Hey, Chris, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I was trying to find the same beer as you guys, which unfortunately I could not. But on the plus side for that, uh, I can find the Imperial Age. Uh, pumpkin here now ah so i think i'll be able to find the other one that you guys got maybe next week or so because we're on a little bit of a lull here but um i went to the store and as i was browsing i found a couple uh honey wines from bee nectar they're the ones that did the dude's rug that yeah I the, had a couple the, times. the chai um the chai uh uh, honey. honey, the, the, the honey cider. cider, cider, yeah, yeah, yeah. the apple cider. Uh, I really enjoyed that, so I was like, yeah. okay, like this is something I'd be willing to try. And I was looking at four of them, and I I couldn't decide which one to pick. So, what does the bagging broadcast do when we can't decide? You get them all. You get them all. So I spent fifty three dollars on four bottles Woof. of mead, but. I'm happy to say the first one is a pretty good one, and this is Zombie Killer. Oh, I've had that. Uh, this is an apple cider with honey and cherry juice added. Whoa! And it's good. I Sounds like it sweet. Do you know who likes it that? Is. You know who likes that beer? Who? Your mom. My mom's a nice lady. She's a nice lady. When I took her out that one time for dinner. Oh, did you guys have this one? Yeah. Nice. I'm uh I'm jealous I couldn't have been there. Yeah, that was that Founders Night. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really digging this. Good. Um, $10 for a bottle, don't know if I'd pick it up again. For a bomber, or it, does it come in no, like just, a wine? It's a, just a bottle. It's a, yeah. Oh. It's, it's a, isn't it just a little bit bigger than a normal bottle? Um, it might be a little bit, like, wider. It's not too big of a difference. Still a 12 ounce? That's like from that, that's from your area, too, isn't it? Yeah, um, Ferndale. I don't Ferndale. think we paid that much... Caitlin just bought a bottle of that. I don't think it's that much out here. Yeah, I, I got it at like a gourmet store too. So yeah, I, we we bought it. We buy it at a premiere. Yeah, but you know it's good. Um, worth the price. Maybe not that much for a single bottle, but it's pretty high percent have, alcohol too, isn't it? What was that? It's pretty high percent alcohol. Um, five point five. So Is it's it? not, oh. yeah, it's not too big. Um, I was kind of worried about it just. You know, being a cider and then having, like, all the meads with it. Right. But, yeah, this isn't too bad. Um, they did have some bottles of the Arcadia uh, bourbon barrel-aged shipwreck porter I was thinking about grabbing. Ooh. But they were the same price. So I was like, hey, I'm already <clears throat> spending. Yeah. Yeah, right. $3, so, yeah. So I was like, I, I can hold off. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not let down by this. Good. But, Paul, what aren't you let down by? 
I'm kind of let down again by Nintendo. Nintendo news. You know, I don't follow Nintendo news, so I'm never let down by it. Oh, see, the only time I hear about the Nintendo news is from you. And I just, you know what I do. You don't I, even I play Nintendo fun. stuff anymore. I had the Wii. <laughs> when was the last time you used the Wii? Uh, forever ago. <laughs> was it like back in the the apartment? No, no, I used it while I was here. You used it like during the summer. Door, is a door jam? No, during the summer I played a couple. You know, the old. I played the Wii to play old Nintendo games. Mm. You know, from because I bought them on the Virtual Console. But uh, yeah, uh, like a sucker. Like a sucker. But you got to play those games. But I did get to play those games, which is true. But if I, you know, turned in my Nintendo club points from uh, buying all those games, I better make sure I use those points quickly. J- mm. uh, July 1st, uh, Nintendo is completely <laughs> doing away with with the club Nintendo. So uh, if you need, need to uh, turn in your points for N- club Nintendo to get your trinkets, to get your uh, plush Mario uh, sent to you, you better do it quick. Or if you were like us and you're like, what's Club Nintendo? Um, it's where get, you open get up your... Get those points before... Uh, mm-hmm. eBay. No good. eBay those points. eBay them. I'm going to buy all the points. Buy all those points. I'm going to get that giant Yoshi. It's uh, And if, if you're thinking about buying those points on eBay, don't. Just buy the plush Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. It's stuff that... You know, some stuff is uh, only for Club Nintendo, some of these mer- this merchandise. And what Club Nintendo is, when you open up a Nintendo game, uh, there's usually a code uh, inside on a little piece of scrap paper. You know, kind of like uh, Disney Movie Rewards has that code. You go online and you register your Nintendo game, basically. And uh, you get Club Nintendo points, and then you can turn those points into special merchandise. Send-aways. Stuff like that. It's kind of fun if you are a big Nintendo fanboy. And I think that's the thing, too. Like, if you are a Nintendo fanboy and you're buying a lot of Nintendo games, Mm -hmm. this is probably something for you that's awesome. Like, you kind of equated it to the Disney Movie Rewards. And... That's that's up my alley because it's all movies that I'd be buying anyways. So it's like, hey, I can turn in those points and get like another DVD free, <laughs> or I can get like the Disney pin trading pins or like Bionation stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a cool little bonus for people that are already a collector of your your goods and or services. So it's kind of cool. I didn't know that they actually did that, but. Maybe that's why it's going away. Did yep. they say why? Uh, yeah, just because of uh, downturn. Nintendo, you know, Nintendo's used not used to not making money. So I think it's one of those things where they can... <laughs> They'd be used to it after the past couple of years, Well, though. yeah, yeah. So now they're looking for ways to save money. And since they're not, the sales aren't really there, so why have these this reward system to support sales that aren't Ooh. coming through? Makes sense. And talking about... Know- sales that are not coming through and spending a lot of money. Uh, Nintendo is also not going to be supporting hardware in Brazil anymore. They're pulling all Nintendo Pulling out of Brazil. And saying, you know what? Just like (laughs) pulling the hair off their crotches. Nintendo's pulling out. Exactly. That's, (laughs) yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Chris. The the, the, the tariffs are too high. Uh, 
they're saying that it costs too much to actually sell Nintendo product, you know, the Nintendo hardware in Brazil. So they're going to be stopping for now. They said it's not a long-term plan. They look to hopefully come back into Brazil maybe at a later time. Maybe when hardware they they get their their cost of hardware down a little bit more. Do you think this is going to be the st- this is the start of the downfall for Nintendo? No, this isn't the start. This is them trying to stop the bleeding for now. And if this kind of these kind of where did the start happen? Start happened when they decided to uh, pull the trigger on the Wii U instead of trying to make a actual competitive device with the next generation consoles. They pulled the. They decided to try to make the Wii U competitive with the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 instead of come out with a console that was going to be competitive. Versus the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. But they've done this every time with their consoles. They've had a long... Yeah, it actually went back to the designer of the original Game Boy. Uh, I forget his name. He said... Tony? No. Tony Tetris. No, no. The creator of Tetris was, of course, Russian. But uh, And the guy that got the licensing for Tetris on... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, He's Italian? Was, uh, an American. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, yeah, they had a long good time. They could... Watch your elbow on that corner. Tetris, keeps falling a, off. But uh, they decided that, you know, with Nintendo, they should be able to pull hardware off the shelves, put it into a box, and sell it at a profit. They should be able to have a profit, you know... Day one, their machines should be profitable, where every other game system is like, no, we sell our systems at a loss, but we make up that revenue with the game's licensings. Like, you want to be on our game console, you have to license, you know, the technology through us and get the game onto our console, and that's where we make the money back. And with first-party sales of video game, the actual video games, you know, they... they so, yeah, this has been going on since the late 80s. And this is the first, and it's been over, what, 20 years, and it finally caught up to them where it wasn't working anymore. So, hmm. Do you think it's just because the technology just got too far away from them? I think it, they, they no longer, because they said when the Wii U first came out, they're like, no, we want, it's a game console first. They didn't try to get into the living room. And try to make a all-in-one box like Xbox 360 eventually became, and also PlayStation 4. Well, PlayStation or PlayStation 3, because PlayStation 3, when it launched, it was like, no, we're the home media device. We're the cheapest. We're the cheapest and best Blu-ray player out there. Because we remember, yeah, they were all that was like one of the first Blu-ray players. Yeah. And uh, Xbox 360 launched. It had their HD DVD uh, side side mount thing, you know, disk yeah. drive that you could buy, uh, where they decided, hey, we want to become this the system that you turn on when you turn on your PC, when you turn on your TV. And where Wii U was like, no, you come to us to play games. You, c- you come to us to have your kids play games and exercise because they're fat. But... <laughs> that fat little kid. We <laughs> have to hold we have to hold off on the, uh, releasing the uh, Wii Fit in North America, because we have to redesign the board to actually hold the weight of the really fat Americans. Because mm. they're like, yeah, uh, it's the Wii Fit, I think, in Asia released where the weight was up to 200 pounds. And they're like, 
yeah, we can't sell that in North America. That can't is, sell that in America. That is, that is that's not that's not enough. Those cats are pretty fat. Yep. We need it to be able to support more weight than that. Nice. You keep asking me questions, and I'll keep on talking. About I know, this. Paul. This is a moment okay. for you. This is well, your I, moment. I feel like I, I we're I gonna walk all over boom, you the boom, rest boom, of the boom, show. Boom. Everyone knows it, so I'm giving you some time for you. this is this is Paul time. Okay. Uh, Brazil's always had a hard time. Nobody cares about Brazil. With, well, that's <laughs> the whole point of the. First we're, part. we're taking it away now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brazil, and I was also going to bring it into Australia. Australia. The Aussies. Has, yeah, the Aussies. Really strict. Well, one tariffs are really high. <laughs> And also really strict. I like how he questioned the Aussies. Yeah, the Aussies. Uh, you know, not Outback Steakhouse. No, but actually Australia. Uh, really high tariffs on video games coming in. Just the import cost alone make video games really expensive there. And also really strict on violence in video games, where uh, a lot of times a video game would come in and then the company has to go and rework the game to not show as much blood and gore, so it could be sold in. Australia. Now game developers are like, uh, well, uh, just pirate it. Just, just, you know what? We're not even going to sell in Australia, but if you guys really want it, go pirate it. But they can't because their bandwidth rates are so bad. So, hmm. so you don't want to go to Australia. It's hard to if you want to watch good porn <laughs> online. No, no, no. I don't know about their porn, but if you want to play violent video games. Online, you, you, it's, it's really difficult for you. That's difficult. But the porn's okay? I have no idea. Why? Have you looked into Are there the a porn? lot of koalas in it? Ooh, koala porn? Ooh. I bet they're always just eating eucalyptus leaves. Right? Is that, hot? Is that getting you hot, Paul? No. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird, John. I don't know why you would bring this up. <laughs> I don't know either. Do you have a fascination with the Aussie porn? <laughs> no, I was just wondering because oh. of the bandwidth. I was like, oh, I, you know. It's, yeah. Don't want like that really slow page loading, trying to get your thing going. Yeah, you don't want that. Don't want it. Don't want it. Not for me. That's that's the news that I had. That's your news? Minutes. Oh, and also, you know, you just bought a new console. I did. You bought the PlayStation 4? I did. You didn't want to wait for the limited edition Claptrap version? You love Borderlands. No. I do love Borderlands. I wanted my shit right now. I didn't I've, want to wait. Three days. I got three days off in a row. It's nice. all game time. I got. I got to do a lot in Far Cry Four. There's a lot of stuff to do, and I got to do it. Three hundred and ninety nine dollars soon will buy you a, your very own claptrap that comes with a PlayStation Four or uh, Xbox One, and with the uh, is it the what, Handsome it, Jack no, collection? It, it, yeah, it's um, it's the Handsome collection. It doesn't come with the system. Oh, it doesn't? No, it's... it's Oh, it's um, the video it's, game collection? Yeah, it's Borderlands, oh. the pre-sequel, all the DLC, and Borderlands 2 with all the DLC. And then it comes with a remote-controlled claptrap robot that's, I think, like two feet high. And that's, two feet tall. And that's three ninety nine. Yeah, 400 well, just for the video game. Oh, I thought it came with a. Uh, I saw the four hundred dollar uh, price tag, and I'm you like, oh, it has to come with a system. remote control robot. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, this is the first time that Borderlands Two and Pre Sequel are going to be available on the current gen systems yeah. because previously they were only released for PS3 and Xbox 360. So they're being uh, remastered for the uh, next gen graphics with like all. DLC, even the stuff that you could only get by buying, like the uh, the game, 
like the special editions, like they had the loot crate one, or not loot crate, the uh, loot chest one, and then they had like the diamond loot chest that came with special like legendary guns that you could only get in there. This is going to come with those as well. Which for four hundred dollars, you figure they can throw in like a DLC gun. But it's also limited to only five thousand for the. Cl- I'm guessing that's five thousand print run for to get the claptrap. So the handsome jack or the handsome collection will be its own standalone non-collector. How much is yeah, that going to sell for? Yeah, uh, probably just be able to get the regular game itself, like that has pre-sequel and two. But what's really selling this is the fact that you get the remote-controlled claptrap because that's awesome. It's two feet tall. Oh, so it's like real size. That's smaller. Smaller. That's cool. Because he's probably about what, like three to almost. He's about like three feet higher, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say about there, because he's up to, like, people's waist. <clears throat> okay. That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. I, I'm just surprised at how quickly they're doing the turnaround for these HD remastered collections for the new generation versus... Because remember how long it took, like, to get the remastered Shadow Colossus on PlayStation 3? Like no. That came out, like, two years ago. So six years into this generation. Now, like, every game that came out, like, last year is now getting an ex... A, uh, Remastered edition. Hey man, they have a yeah, remastered but, I mean, edition of Resident Evil, the first one now, and it looks really good. And I was thinking about buying it. It's on Steam for nineteen ninety nine, seventeen ninety nine on PlayStation Network. Eat Ooh. that, Paul. Well, you just made you just made me but eat also a dick. Colossus <laughs> remaster, Paul. That's Team Ico, and they yeah. take forever to do stuff. I mean, we haven't even heard of the Last Guardian in like two years now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, uh, we had the Tomb Raider re- uh, remake, or remaster. We had the Last of Us remaster. Now the Handsome Collection remaster. I'm just surprised how quickly they seem to be turning out these remasters versus, like, it took forever for the God of War to come out with a collection. Uh, Gears of War. Well, I, I think that wasn't it took, like, forever for that to come out. I think they just sat on it until they had enough to put in there to tie it into when God of War like 3 was coming out. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, those, like, the first two God of War games were only on PS2, and they released the collection after 3 had come out with, mm-hmm. like, the updated like graphics for the first two. And that was the first time you could get them on PS3. Diablo... Just saying names yeah, now? Well, no, because Diablo originally came out for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, and and Blizzard's like, well, we don't have plans right now, and then all of a sudden, boom, it was on the shelves for the next generation consoles. And yeah, I'm but like, it's what? the it's the with the the Soul Collector one. It's the with yeah. the the Reaper down, of Souls. Or? The Reaper of Souls. It's with the the add-on. Mm-hmm. So you buy it all, and they're selling it for full price, where it's like 39.99 for. Xbox and PlayStation 3, and then for the new systems, it's fifty nine ninety nine. you know? So they're zipping you. Oh, okay. I'm zipping you. saying it seems quick. That's, yeah, that's but just me. I mean, those are the new-gen systems, and they've got a big install base already. And okay. there's probably people that want to play 
pre-sequel, but they couldn't because they got rid of their Xbox. Well, their, that that answers yep. that answers this question right there. There's the huge install base. PlayStation, <clears throat> what four has over 12 million units sold. Xbox One had a really strong showing this holiday season with their price drop, and also no backwards compatibility this time for any of the systems. So I think that's that's why, right? Yeah. The yeah. huge install base number one. Two is no backwards compatibility between either system. So if you want to play these games, you have to get it on this yeah. on the system that you still have. Because I don't think people are crazy like me that keep all the old systems. I got my 360 still hooked up. Oh, good. Thanks. But that's basically to play the games that I love that I still own mm-hmm. and to use HBO Go. HBO Go isn't on no, Xbox One yet? or It's not on the PlayStation. It came out on Xbox One, though. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's still yeah, it's still on the Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Well, because that was supposed to be a launch. At launch, it was supposed to, HBO Go was supposed to be there on Xbox One. And then they, when it launched, they're like, oops, uh, it should be out next month. And then it didn't get released until December. Like, almost a full year yeah. after <clears throat> the launch. So that they... It was one of those weird things I remember reading about. Hey, Chris. Hey. What news do you got? Um, I got some casting news because we got a bunch of it over the past week. You know what I love is there's what? there's different franchises out there, and I like when they cross between one and the other. Like what? Like, I don't know. Like I like Game of Thrones. That's and, a good one. And I like the X-Men. It'd be great if, like, a character, you know, an actress who's playing a character in one will play... You know, a character in the other. I was gonna say, you know, what character I wouldn't want to show up in X Men? <laughs> Any of the Fantastic Four characters? Well, yeah, but no, who? <laughs> Sansa Stark because she's the worst. <laughs> yeah, she's so bad. She's sorry, I dropped my drop my earbud. I don't know, like not nothing against uh, the actress that plays her, Sophie Turner, because we're gonna be seeing her in X Men Apocalypse as Jean Grey, but. Man, Sansa Stark sucks. But you got to be a good actress to be able to constantly play somebody that you're just like, ugh, do uh, something. Only other character I despise as much as her, Laurel on Arrow. <laughs> She's the worst, too. Like, he if is. the two of them were on like the same show, I probably would not want to watch it, but I would, just so I could be like, ugh, Those two. why am I watching this? She's finally stepping up. Come on, she stepped out as the Black Canary. Yeah. All I know... Really cheesy line. I'm the justice you can't escape. (laughs) You know, I was totally thinking of uh, Matt Murdock, like, I hope justice finds you here. From uh, (laughs) Ben Affleck, Daredevil. (laughs) Before Uh. justice finds you. I I hope you find justice here today before justice finds you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, <laughs> in addition, we've got um, Alexandra Ship popping in as Storm and Ty Sheridan as Cyclops. Now, I am not familiar with any of these people besides Sophie Turner. Well, here's the thing is what they're going for is in the pictures they put up for these people for the casting is you got a redhead playing Jean Grey. Nailed it. Perfect casting. You have... you have. <laughs> that's an, all, I'm sorry, that's all you need. You have an, Jean Grey's not a great character. You have an African-American lady playing Storm. Makes sense. You got a guy with brown hair who parts it to the side playing Cyclops. 
nailed it. They nailed that casting. Nailed it. Boom. Here we go. Got it. X-Men Apocalypse. Best X-Men movie ever. (laughs) Everyone's going to go like, I wasn't sure about this, but man, the casting. Look at the guy parts his hair, just like Cyclops. (laughs) That chick. that redhead? Yeah, you know who else is a redhead? Jean Grey. Perfect. (laughs) I'm really glad they didn't cast the white lady to play Storm. Great casting. (laughs) Yeah, I thought they were going to, but then, man, they surprised me. They didn't. Uh... The thing, my girlfriend went to go see um, Disney on Ice today. Uh-huh. The thing that threw her off is the princess and the frog prince from uh, the prince and the or the, the princess and the frog, princess and the frog, <laughs> prince and the toad. They were white today. What? <laughs> Not black on the ice. Tiana. And it's like they showed them. She goes, people are gonna be pissed because they showed them in the commercial. They were black on the ice, white. She was pissed. Bad casting. Yes. Storm, good casting. <laughs> you heard it Most here first. John does not like whitewashing of characters. He's a gannet. A well, gannet. You know who else is white? A gannet. Who? Who's white? <laughs> Paul. Paul's white. <laughs> Did I answer the question right? <laughs> yeah, I think that was right. I haven't seen Paul in a week, so he may have been recast. Oh, is Paul on ice right now? <laughs> no, no. He's he's always on thin ice with his wife. Uh, oh, zing. Oh. Thought with you guys. Did you guys hear that Overwatch might be renamed from Lizard? I don't know. Just no, what, we are past casting? video game talk. We gave you a lot of time, Paul. No, no, you kept we on gave you, and you decided we, to talk about Brazil and Australia. We not gave Overwatch. you. We're past that. We gave you so the girl much. That's playing Supergirl. She's white. Oh, okay. And she's from Glee. She is from Glee. She's she, the second Glee casting to be on CW for a superhero show. This is on uh, CBS, though. Oh, the, this well. is CBS, which is a part owner of the CW. So, and there is going to be, there will be crossover. Pop- they say. Ooh, yeah, that's why there could possibly be crossovers between Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. Um, her name, Melissa Benoist. She will be playing Kara Zor-El. Um, Greg Berlanti, producer of Arrow and Flash, will also be producing this show, and will be writing uh, the premiere for it. She's a cute girl. Yeah, she, she's got a really uh, long neck, though. Okay. Her neck is really long, yeah. but you know what? She doesn't have red hair, so I'm glad they cast her as someone that's not Jean Grey. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? She is a brunette, though, and they but hired her to uh, play a blonde. I, I just read this. She is dyeing her hair, guys. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, they do that for roles? Breaking news. Breaking, Breaking news. news. I, she will be blonde. Probably by the time the show comes out. I, I haven't seen anything solid. Can we, can we do this from now on? Like, <laughs> just, like, speculate the news? <laughs> don't we always just speculate like, the news? We we don't know. Oh, we man. have it on good Wait a word. second. Is she going to... actress playing Supergirl will be an actress. <laughs> Paul, thoughts? My thoughts is that this girl will go see the same person that Emma Stone saw to make her hair blonde again for the Spider-Man movies. Mm. This is just in. Emma Stone will not be playing Jean Grey because she's not a redhead. Yeah. But she is a redhead but in I just, some of the movies. I, don't, I, don't, I just want to throw this out there. Okay. In the original Spider-Man trilogy, they hired a blonde <laughs> to play a redhead. Then they hired a redhead to play a blonde in the third movie to play Gwen Stacy. 
that's so crazy. They should have flip flopped those actresses. Just saying. Not good casting. <laughs> Not good. John's pointing his pencil at me so accusing as if I cast it. I love that. It's you, like like I asked Paul for something to write with. He gave me like a real like a real pencil and I'm like, hey, what the hell am I gonna do with a real pencil? I don't want a pen. I'm I'm into this pencil now. It's been two weeks of doodling with that? a pencil. You hear that, listeners? He wonders why I give him a pencil, and then when I try to give him a pen, he's like, I don't want a pen. Well, guess what? I'm not going to give you chalk. Listen, I drew it's a really cool submarine a with a helicopter attachment, and it's all in pencil. I can't start doodling with pen now. It's gonna Oh, it'd be a good contrast. Give me that pen back. No, you already turned it down. Mm. You had one shot at it. You turned it down. All right. Done. Okay, now I feel bad. Here, I have the pen. Do you want the pencil back, or can I have both? No, you can have both. All right, that's thank you. People can hear you drawing. It's fun. I know, right? Well, you know what? You can have all of now. (laughs) What? I don't even... Where where, where are we going? I don't even know. What's up? I'm I'm taking this to the comic books, because we're a comic book podcast. Oh, okay. Are we? We We are. I thought we were... I thought we were... We're in five years. Still nailing it. I thought we were hair dye. Uh, I I just... Podcast. not, Not to be... You know, nitpicky and correct you, but we're going on six years. Damn. Yeah. Who is this our fifth year? But if you're a comic book fan and you like DC Comics and you have a favorite time period that you're lamenting the loss of, well, guess what? Is he coming Coming back? In April and uh, May, during the two-month convergence event, all the, like, past universes, like pre-crisis, post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint, it's all coming back. As in different worlds from the multiverse, or yeah, is this going to be a uh, spinning out of uh, multiversity, where for the convergence um, event, as DC's moving from New York City to Burbank, uh, they've got a two-month mini event happening where there is a villain that's been collecting domed universes, much like Brainiac collects cities, hmm. and um, we're going to see some of our favorites kind of coming back. And they've solicited the uh, first four weeks of this, and week number one is going to be all pre-Flashpoint. Okay, uh, post-crisis pre-Flash or pre-Flashpoint. So there's um, so wait. pre-Flashpoint, okay. which some of the solicitations are the Adam focusing on Ray Palmer, Batgirl, which is uh, starring Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane and Red Robin. Red Robin uh, with the cowl. What was that? Red Robin with the cowl. Yep. Um, we got Harley Quinn, Batman and Robin, Justice League, a Nightwing and Oracle book written by Gail Simone, The Question with uh, Rene Montoya. Nice. The Speed Force starring uh, Wally West and his two kids. The Speed Force book that we were going to get yeah. coming out of Flashpoint that are the return of Barry Allen and then never got... Yeah, but then we got uh, Superman with his uh, wife, Lois Lane. Uh-huh. And Titans starring Starfire, Donna Troy, and uh, Arsenal. So DC's Ooh. moving out of New York. They're packing up boxes, and they came across, across these scripts that they never published and said, oh, let's get these two artists real quick, and we can just publish these while we're move? Um, a little bit. There might have been some tweaking in there to tie everything into the Convergence event, which is going to have its own weekly series that's kind of telling the story of all these domed uh, universes. Oh, it's it's now what now what would happen if uh, 
if you undome these and try to make a whole planet out of these universes and put know, we'll, it on we'll some sort of find out uh, some sort of sure the two months is up uh, put it on some sort of world battle map well but I, keep I that yet, Paul keep that secret for later yeah. okay then well, okay let's done. hey I know you're not done I'm asking oh. you to keep that secret I gave for you later your time I'm I know I'm just stop trying to take this I'm not taking it I'm just saying keep it secret for later save it for later save it for because later in in week two it's all based off of zero hour so it's going to be very 90s-esque including the one that I'm looking forward to the most Batman Shadow of the Bat starring Asriel oh. yeah right somebody tell a friend of the podcast or a friend Matt our friend. yeah he is Matt <laughs> just, the show. just yeah. our friend uh, Matt our friend, yeah, he's never been on the show never bought us beer so but then there's also a uh, Green Arrow starring Oliver Queen and Connor Hawk, a uh, Green Lantern Parallax starring uh, Kyle Rayner and Hal Jordan, uh, actual Suicide Squad, Superboy. Wait, so what? 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 Week two is. Week one is all pre-Flashpoint. Okay, but week, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Week post? one is all pre-Flashpoint. Okay. Week two is all going to be zero hour themed. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like thinking, well, that's pre-Flashpoint could be anything. Is it like post-Infinity Crisis, pre-Flashpoint, or is it? It's what we were getting right before Flashpoint. Right before Flashpoint. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And now yeah, this week be, two like, is same time period. Zero Hour. Back yep, from the that's... '90s. Yep. And Zero Hour was the event he, that Parallax no, had. Nobody can see the focus and determination on Paul's face trying to comprehend these things. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, okay. It's just, it just not sinking in for this guy. You're telling me this, Chris, and I'm like, oh, wow, great, yeah, this is, okay, this is what they're going to do. Paul's like, let me get it again. It's got to sink in. These things, they're not adding up. So this is this, but then the second week... It's going, going before what happened in an actual timeline of things. Well, if this is what they want to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. So, Zero Hour, which was the event that was what again? It was... It was Zero Hour is what kind of... It didn't relaunch the DC Universe, but everything started again with a like number one issue. This is when... Um, Hell Jordan... Hell Jordan went crazy... And decided to try to fix everything? Yes. So if you read Quiver, it, it was basically them trying to rectify that. No, Quiver came out of the Zero. Oh, okay. But it was years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, they talk about Zero Hour quite a bit in within Quiver. Yeah, because that's when mm-hmm. it was right before Hal reignites the sun that he brings back Ollie oh. from the dead. Alright. So yes. if you don't want to read Zero we, Hour, just read should, should I okay. Should I talk about the next two yes, weeks? Please. Yeah, okay. yeah. And we, All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna... to be moving back a little bit further. Just you guys prepared. asked a lot of questions for me when I was explaining things, and I have questions. I'm sorry. Because week three is going to be starring heroes from Crisis on Infinite Earths. So we're back in the 80s now. Okay. See how it goes, Paul? It's going in back reverse. In yes. Reverse. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got that now. Which is going to be uh, bringing us stuff like Batman and the Outsiders, Ooh. The Flash starring Barry Allen, Green Lantern Corps starring uh, John Stewart and Guy Gardner, mm. Hawkman, the uh, Detroit Justice League of America, the new Teen Titans. Wasn't the Detroit uh, T- uh, Justice League the funny one? Yes. It's like almost with- like you can't believe it's the Justice League. 
kind yep. of era? Okay. Uh, we'll be getting some Swamp Thing and uh, 1980s Wonder Woman. Hmm. That's, now, that's back in the day when she was battling monsters. That's good. Yeah. That's George Perez's run of Wonder Woman then, right? 1980s? Yeah. Now, Paul, are you ready to go back a little bit further for week four? Uh, One more second. Batman and the Outsiders, not the Outsiders are red. But that's the Outsiders we kind of get now with the Katana and uh, Earthquake Dude. Geoforce? Geoforce, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, more like that Batman built this team. So yeah. Like Batman supporting this team. Because he punched Guy Gardner in the face. Those, yeah, that was Justice League, though. Yeah, in Detroit. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay, now I'm ready to move back in time. All right. Because the next one, we're looking at uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths in week four. Okay. So we're going to be looking at Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, The Crime Syndicate. Uh, This one is a detective comics book starring Helena Wayne and Dick Grayson. Oh. Ooh. We got some Infinity Inc., uh, Justice Society of America. Ooh, yeah. Liking that already. Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters. If you, for some Weird. reason, you're like the one Freedom Fighters fan out there because there's got to be someone. <clears throat> that's Other than that's Justin with Gray like and the Pumiati. Yeah, like <laughs> with Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, the Lady, the Human Bomb, the Ray, the Ray. Mm-hmm. I always like the Ray, and he's like the one Freedom Fighter that I've enjoyed. The Ray always seemed to have a really cool power, turning into a light beam. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else kind of sucked. <laughs> what was it like doll man shadow hawk yeah. or whatever his name was like some kind of hawk guy i don't know oh black yeah a black condor yeah black condor uh, the one that i'm kind of looking forward to from this week though uh shazam mm. oh cool like a it's more like a shazam family book but this is shazam versing uh the gotham by gaslight type world mm, i like it the mystical kind of things that he's up against. And that, all these will have a multiverse Earth number to these? Uh, probably something like that. Okay. Yeah. Fits. Uh, works. And then, like a snow globe, you shake it up, and it just goes crazy. And then they can just be like, hey, you guys have been complaining about it. Now it's all just out there. Or we're just everything you've been complaining about, we're going to use this to kind of streamline and fix. Because, hey, you liked... You like this Nightwing and Oracle instead? Well, guess what? Now they could be back. Yeah. But, Paul, I'm kind of intrigued by what you were talking about with this map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you this know, anything to do with sports? Oh, well, kind of. You know, like I said, they, so they're all going to have their own Earth numbers in the multiverse. And over at Marvel, they have, you know, the 616 because... They have so many of the different types of uh, Marvel universes that the ones that we follow isn't anything better or greater or less than, than any of the other ones. Except, you know, of course, Ultimate, because that's the best. It's the ultimate, after all, guys. Uh, and they're going to get all folded into each other. Uh, there, There's not going to be the Marvel universe anymore. That's <clears throat> going to stop. And the Ultimate universe is going to stop with uh, Secret Wars. Uh, what is that being called? Secret Wars... I don't even remember. Yeah. Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Just, but it has another tagline, like underneath. Pretty okay. sure it's just Secret Wars. Okay. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. 
And, uh, yeah, there's going to be the ultimate battle map uh, where they're going to put all these different universes in the battle world. And they're going to fight out for supremacy, much like the old 1980s Secret Wars, where it was just uh, different parts of Earth that they, like Latveria, parts of Latveria, parts of yeah. New York, they kind of created Battle World. This is kind of creating a Battle World out of the different universes. I just remember, like, uh, Doctor Doom had that more all-metal suit. Mm-hmm. He lost, like, the uh, cloak and stuff. And then that's where you got Black Spider-Man. Yeah, it's yeah. Black, yeah Black Suit Spider-Man. Time runs out, guys. Everything ends. Secret Wars commence. That's that's the tagline. Hey, and it's being written by Jonathan Ekman. And yeah, he, uh, uh, one of our favorite artists, C. Brivik, is doing the art. All right. So, uh, enter. Oh, there's also going to be Secret Wars colon War Zones. Hmm. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, it's going to start on Free Comic Book Day, apparently. Secret Makes Wars sense. number zero. Secret, uh, hmm. Starting in dismay. So, ooh. You, you can go right online, and you can. Uh, they, they, there's a map that uh, you can. Is it a battle map? Over. It's a there's, battle map. Yeah, there's Cologne on it. There's Utopolis. There's Weird World, Higher Avalon, New Mars. So all the places Rakina. that you would want people to fight. Yeah, Marville, hmm. New Quack City, guys. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Howard the Duck fame, Limbo. It's. They both really caught my attention. I feel like Convergence is the one that I'm actually going to read more of. Like <clears throat> Secret Wars, I'll probably pick up a couple of the books that sound interesting, where it's like, oh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales versus, I don't know, like Iron Fist of this crazy world, like Hydra something. Empire. That sounds cool. Sounds cool. That's cool. Sports. Totally interrupt what you're saying just to say Hydra Empire. Well, sounds you, you, cool. You, well, you guys were saying like how, how you know if you it, it needs to sound cool. I'm like, dude, how about Hydra Empire? That sounds cool. Like I was. Well, kinda... it's going to depend on what was happening in Hydra Empire. If it's a bunch of people just like sitting around talking about like, do we want to invent something today or try? To if take it's over the West it? Wing of comic books, if this is the West Wing version of Hydra, I don't want to. Don't want to read it. What's the What's the, where was Egg Foo like Monster Island? Like with uh um, There was fifty two. Yeah, there yeah, was fifty two with that island. Like what if Hydra Empire was like that? That'd be sweet. Mm. <laughs> Is it just mad scientists running a muck? John John does not approve. <laughs> but that's actually all I had. I just think it's kinda cool that like both companies are doing almost like soft reboots tying mm. into everything that they've done before. Um it's going to be kind of cool to see what comes out of this, too. Uh, are you excited that Marvel 616 borders Marvel 1610? <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. With uh, Atlantia, you know, the uh, Inhumans area right smack dab in the middle. Mm. The 616. Well, I find that interesting, Paul. And I do find the I'm books really that... I'm loving this map. Sorry. The books that we are going to be purchasing... Uh, this coming week on uh, January 28th. Interesting. But I want to get your view on the beer we're drinking right now. What What do you think about this Triple Cafe, Paul? Uh, yeah, I'm not... This is what I was kind of afraid of, where... This I was is the really, Southern Tier one. This is the Southern, Southern tier. tier. This is a Belgian Isle, or Belgian Ale brewed with green coffee beans and orange peel. 
And, you know, when I first picked up Triple Cafe, I'm like, oh, cool, a, a coffee-type beer. I love coffee, like, stouts. I love coffee porters. Like, this is going to be great. And then I got it home, and I read Belgian-style. Bel- it's a Belgian triple coffee with, ale. With green, be, green coffee. So it's not going to have that coffee, smoky, rich punch. It's going to be, you know, a lighter, pepperier kind of thing with uh, more fruity notes, and I'm like, oh, well, this isn't... And then you throw in some orange peel. Yeah. So I don't have a coffee finish like it says I would, and I don't get anything, like, roasted. You get a... Because you think it's green coffee's it's, not po- roasted, so... Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's because it's, like, the green coffee bean, so it's mm-hmm. more just, like, a like that bitter? It's... Than, like, a roasted? It tastes like a... Belgian triple, yep, with a little bit of peppery spice and a little bit of sweet, with a tartness mm-hmm. aftertaste. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't buy this bottle of beer. Yeah, um, yeah, I would I, be happy if I didn't buy this bottle of beer too. Um, it's not horrible, but when you read what this is, beer is about, you're expecting something <laughs> more out of it. You're expecting, like, you know, I've been thinking about this beer for a while, and then I read. Belgian, and I was like, "What? This it's it's not a stout." Triple Cafe. I thought it was gonna be this deep dark stout at eight percent with you know this big coffee kind of punch. Well, it gives you one of those three. It gives you the eight percent. It gives you a uh, eight point eight percent. So this is. I mean, it's not a bad beer. If mm-hmm. you if somebody said try this Belgian beer. It's got a nice peppery with a little bit of fruit with that Belgian tang to it. Yeah. You're going to like it. And you would drink it and go, oh, yeah. This is a great triple. It is. It is a nice triple. And it's not like sometimes the alcohol is a little more up front with a Belgian triple. And it kind of makes – sometimes it gives me a little just like – I wouldn't say sour stomach, but it makes my stomach kind of flip-flop just a little bit because of that alcohol kind of hitting my system. And this doesn't do that. It's a nice drinking Belgian, but when you read the description about it, you're not. It's just not what you're expecting. Um, I, I kind of dropped the ball. I wasn't really paying attention. They had this at the store. Ah. It. The thing is, it doesn't look like a typical Southern Tier bottle. No. The label for it's completely different. I remember seeing that bright green color, and I just kind of like looked past it. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Don't don't. I, I really unless you're in the mood for a really good, you know, if you're in the mood for a Belgian, Belgian triple, triple, which I'm not often in the mood for a Belgian mm-hmm. triple. Yeah, I, uh, it's something I'd still like to try. I might not be champing at the bit for it now, based off of. Like what you've had to say, because I love when beer has a nice coffee taste to it, and the fact that it was brewed with orange peel kind of made me be like, "Oh, like that sounds like it." You don't get any of the orange. The coffee gives it a nice peppery. Uh It does give it a pepperiness to it, but yeah, I I was literally just looking for the regular, like kind of blocky Southern Tier, yeah, label, and this is very different. Well, they're their bombers that they've been doing now have had that different kind of label, like the um, what's the one we got in the basement, Paul? With the it's brewed with like grapefruit and oh, lemongrass. The, the sonnet. Oh, the, the sonnet. Sonnet. The sonnet. 
And we've had a couple yeah. different one of those just in our personal lives, Chris, that we've had yeah. those those bottles, and they got that different labeling on it. True. <coughs> but what do you got? Are you, have you opened up a new one, bud? Um, I have, and I've already drank almost all of it. This is another from Bee Nectar. This is Black Fang. It is a honey wine brewed with blackberry, cloves, and orange zest. Mm. It's a bright red. It's almost like a fruit punch. Wow. It's got a nice tart from the blackberry. I don't get a lot of the orange zest, but that might be there kind of like rounding it out and gets covered up with the, uh, like that berry tart. Yeah. But it's got a nice, like you can smell the cloves on it a little bit. It's not like an overpowering, like pungentness that you would usually get from something like that. It's really good. Um, this is six point, it is six percent ABV. I like it a lot. Um, both of these so far have been really good. Definitely really light. Not big boys at all, so you can easily drink it. And they're both, like, pretty sweet. Nice. But, I mean, a cider and then the honey wine, so of course yeah, it's... Yeah, they're going to have a little bit of that sweetness, especially adding that fruit to it. But yeah, man, I'm... It's... It's like an alcoholic fruit punch. I like it. Nice. You know what else is nice, though? Is it the books we're looking forward to? On January 28th, Rarv team. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how you said it. That's basically it. That's good to know. But, John, what book are you looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to one of the only books that I've been reading from Dark Horse Comics in the last couple of years, and that is Colder, The Bad Seed Number 4. Um, this, this is your pick uh, last month. It was, yeah. It it was um, came out, I think, on Christmas. Um, this book has been. It fills that dark, evil, macabre kind of books that I like. I like those kind of dark and gritty. And I have to say, the art by um, Juan Ferreira is awesome. Uh, all his work on these colder books are great. His covers are so creepy. And he captures this macabre world so amazingly. Um, but everything about this book, I really like. It's just kind of over-the-top, macabre, just crazy. I mean, there's a dude that cuts off fingers and plants them in, like, flower pots, but then grabs people and squeezes the milk out of them to help these fingers grow. Yeah, you look at me and you're like, what? But Did you, you just say squeezes the milk out of people? He squeezes the milk out of people. It's like crazy. Like girls? <laughs> no, everybody. And then like he... What? what? Like he, people milk? People milk. He just like squeezes them. He squeezes them and empties them out like you You would crush a can. He does that and he squeezes... So blood. No, it's milk. He squeezes <laughs> milk out. The swivel, he's crazy. He does this milk thing. So in other... In other books that we probably won't be reading, <laughs> so he, look back. So he warps by bi- human biology. Yeah, and he gets milk out of this. Yep, and then he also has like the 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 hero of these books. Uh, he sneaks into his, his lactose. He's, no, he sneaks into his bedroom and then puts his hand in a cup of milk. Weird. It's so weird. But Does it makes sense. Pee the bed. It, I'm sorry. It no. Makes, no. No. He milks the bed. He milks the bed. Uh. It's one of these books, you you try to explain what's going on in it, and it 
doesn't make sense to anyone, but when you read it, it does make sense. But the swivel is super creepy. The cover of issue one of this is what made me go back and read the first volume of this because it's a picture of a man whose face is completely made out of, like, fingers. And it's so creepy. And then, like I said, this art is just amazing throughout this book. Um, but I do. I, I really like this book. I really want to see where it goes. Um, that's it. Cool. I guess it's cool. I don't know. I, I don't know things. Uh, Chris, what are you looking forward to, buddy? I know that people aren't made from milk. People aren't made from milk, but he squeezes the milk out of them. This just in. People aren't made from milk. <laughs> Chris, the moon isn't made of cheddar. I don't want no moon cheese babies. <laughs> Other dairy lies that we've been told. Uh, Chris, what are you looking forward to, buddy? Um, Putting the moo never- back to money. <laughs> What? <laughs> Take the moo back to money is what I heard. Putting the moo back in money. <laughs> He's so proud of himself I, with that, too. I don't get it. I don't it. know why. <laughs> it's a great dairy conspiracy. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on. John, hold on. We, we, we can use this. Oh, Paul, so you did see the interview because that's one of those funny lines from the movie. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says that. That's it. where you heard it from. No, no. Didn't see the interview. <laughs> oh, man. When... when James Franco says, put the moo back in money. I remember that part. Yeah. Don't you, Paul? And then he puts his hand under his chin and then makes, like, an explosion thing. Oh. But you know what I do remember? What do you remember? The book that you're picking up this week? The book that I'm picking out this week. It's Batman number 38 from Scuttling and Greg Pillow. Uh, This is the fourth part of the Endgame arc. And the Joker's officially back. And it's awesome. Um, I don't know what else to really say about it because it's a Scott Snyder Batman book. The Joker's super creepy in it. It's and like it, hanging out in the background the whole time. And when this book comes out, I, I like the uh, the backups in it. Yeah, the backs have been good. The thing I don't like about this book is I is I read it and I think it's amazing, and then I wait like. It feels like eight weeks, and then I get the next issue, and then I'm like, oh, that's amazing, and then I have to wait again so you get long. four issues of Batman Eternal in between each one. Yeah. That's that's true. So I think it, it, it makes the wait feel longer because you're reading so many Batman books. Yeah. And you're Could like, be. oh, that story. Where's that story that I, you know, yeah. I, that, I would say yes, but I've been letting my Eternals build up so I can read like four at a time. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Sounds like a good plan. I've been doing that for like 50 of them. <laughs> be so Is good. that what you're doing with X Factor? Because isn't the last issue of that coming out or came I, out? I have no idea. You, you know, don't lie. We're getting into the final issues of Fantastic Four. I know that because they went is back that, to the original numbering fake? again. No. Yeah. No. No, that's, uh, yeah, it's coming out in the next couple of months is the last issue. Yeah, yeah. Coming up soon. Well, what did your pick be, Paul? Oh, it's a pick that I actually picked last month also. It's uh, Thor number four, which is kind of a tongue twister. Mm. Thor four. Uh, and this is going to be the Odin son beating up on the Odin girl, which is uh, girl Thor, uh, and axe carrying Odin's son Thor. Uh, they're going to fight it out because, you know, it'll be fun. Will it be fun? Cyber Ham Thor? With the axe and the old school ponytail, and uh, this is really fun. So far, she's a really fun character. Whoever she may be, the new Thor, 
I think is really enjoyable. I love the whole thought balloons, you know, in regular English or modern day English speak, and then everything coming out of her mouth, word balloons, is in Thor speak. Yeah, I, I haven't been reading the other um, Jason Aaron Thor. You really should. It's I, really I know. I, I mean to get back to it, it's but after issues, reading man. Angela number two, I really like seeing that Thor in that book as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the X hearing. What was yeah. the? I don't remember the X's name, and I'm sure we'll read about it soon enough. We'll we'll get the name again. Any questions? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, I just, I have a question. Yeah, what's your question? Have you guys gone over to abagginboard.com to check out our wonderful website? Uh, yeah, I'm actually on it right now. Well, while you're there, you should uh, click our link for Amazon and make a purchase, because with every dollar you spend, you help out the Begging Boardcast. Oh my goodness, I just made my own. Uh, I just made up a wish list of all the board games that I want to start uh, purchasing. You know, I hear about some games that I really like, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll save it for later. By clicking on the Bag and Board Cap, uh, going to bagandboardcast.com, and then clicking on the Amazon link, and then uh, creating a little wish list for myself. I actually think I have a little bit of a wish list going as well with some of the graphic novels that I want on there, too. John, do you have a wish list? Yeah, it's board games. (laughs) Yeah. And chilling aside, like, hey, you know what? We appreciate anything that people would do to help us out. No, uh, you know I'm also going to go over to superherodent.com. You know, off of the top of the uh, Bag and Boardcast to see what kind of cool T-shirts I can get because uh, they're having actually a uh, a sale right now, twenty percent off. Hey, nice on uh, their clearance. So uh, if you want a new back cool Batman tactical backpack, which looks pretty sweet, they have it there. Ooh, cool. Oh, uh, I want to say they do have a really cool shirt over there. It's got. Like the 1980s, like Super Friends, Batman and Robin on it. They got a and then sw- underneath this is like worst roommate ever. <laughs> <laughs> they got a sweet uh, Star Wars Rebel Alliance wallet for 16 bucks. Oh, it's uh, it's like a uh, vinyl. I thought it was leather for a second, and now it's like, no. Cheap. It looks it looks a little cheaper than I thought. But you know, 16 bucks for a wallet can't go wrong. I paid like 20 something for a wallet back in. I don't know how old. Uh, 2001. Two. No, I'm gonna say 2003, because I was 21. I bought it from Chris Roy when he worked in the mall. Still have it. Great wallet. What a wallet! It's a Hurley wallet. Yeah, it's, it's a Hurley. It, yeah, definitely is held up for <laughs> 11 years. I've had this wallet. Good wallet. Great wallet. This is a good hey, wallet. What else is great. Dramatic readings. Dramatic readings. And now, a dramatic reading from Deathstroke, number one, page 15, panel four. Sit, Mr. Wilson. No, you should do it like he's Asian. Is he? I think he's Asian. Do it like an Asian man. Sorry, what book is this from? No, no, I already did my artistic... uh, No. It'd be better if you did it Asian. Do it Asian. What? Can you you repeat the book? And that was a dramatic reading from Deathstroke, number one, page 15, panel four. I don't think he's Asian. He's in Asia. Oh, that's I Ching? Yeah. Oh, is it? He's sitting like an Asian man. He's Asian. 
He's sitting in the lotus position. I don't know. Is that I, I can only see the panel that yeah. is going to be over on the website. Listen, we read this book and we didn't like it. Yeah. You know I, what? I, I you know what it, I need to I didn't do? Really pay attention to it. Why haven't we done this? I'm going to buy the first issue of Paul. What's the book you hate that we always made you read from? I, I Night, no Force. Night Force. Night oh. Force. <laughs> I'm just gonna buy that issue because it's got to be what, like a dollar ninety nine ninety nine cents, and then oh. we can freaking read from that all the time for Paul. Oh, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> And then it'll just be me. No, anytime I bring up news now, all you guys is ask me random questions that have nothing to do with the news story I'm talking about. <laughs> and then you say that I took up all this time in the beginning of the show. I, but I really, I was just answering your questions. To do with what you're talking about. They were totally about what you were talking about. All right. Well, <laughs> main topic. Beer so we can open our next one. Well, we got a lot to talk about in our main topic. I know, but Chris has got four beers, and we only have three. He can can do a beer segment right now. I can do one right now. I just have to take a pause so I can open up my next one. See, there you go. We can all take a pause here. Everybody calm down. Everything's fine. Everybody's taking a pause. Everybody take a pause. Zill's not getting any more Nintendo stuff. It's cool. I'm going to read you guys the label. Because it says, A long time ago, in a basement not far from Detroit, it is a dark time for the Rebel Army. The evil empire has tightened its grip and has silenced the rebels' voice. In an effort to strengthen their cause, the rebels sent out thousands of bottles across the galaxy, but the imperial troops are hot on their trail. The revolution begins today. Help us, Speed Nectar fans. You're our only hope. Mm. This is episode theme, episode thirteen. Bee Nectar strikes back, and this is a honey wine. Aged in bourbon barrels. Ooh. <laughs> uh, this. This is 15.5%. Whoa. It is but a wine, so it kind of makes sense. You know, when you this, get... Yeah, you, this need to bu- you need to buy us a couple bottles of that. Um, this this is wonderful. It's so smooth. You do not get a 15.5% taste off of this. Ooh. I'm going to take another sip because I haven't since... Uh, I sat down, but <laughs> wow! Can can you vamp for like thirty seconds? Well, while you're taking that sip, we can talk about the yeah. beer that we're going to be drinking, which is exactly what I it says it is, and I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And this is two expresso. This is a double milk stout brewed with coffee beans and lemon peels. I don't get the lemon peel. Nope. I, I don't know. I don't know why they need to do that, but. Their double milk stout on their own is delicious. You add this coffee element to it, and it is good. It's a little thinner than I would expect a coffee stout to be, but it's a milk stout. Yeah. Um, this has just got that really nice, rich coffeeness to it. It does coat the tongue still. It's not like uh, syrupy or anything, but it does have a nice coating. It leaves the flavor just lingers on the tongue. And I think the lemon peel is there to add acidity to break up the bitterness. Yeah, maybe. Because you get that sugary mm-hmm. milk stout kind yeah, of taste yeah, to yeah. it, too. And uh, it's good. Yeah, you don't get a... It's not a citrusy lemon, but uh, you do get uh, a, that nice coffee richness from it. Exactly what I was hoping for from Triple Cafe when I first bought it, not reading the label like an idiot. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is exactly what I thought that one would be, but this this definitely delivers. And I've had I've talked to a couple people who've had it before. I've had a chance to drink it because this is the first time I'm having it, and they're like, "Oh, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting." It. This is exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't I don't know what they were looking for in this. This is a <laughs> coffee stout. Mm-hmm. Boom! There you go. Very drinkable. Um, Nice sipping. I would still. I wouldn't want to chug this. You know, when no. some, sometimes when you say drinkable, I'm like, oh, it's something where you just drink. You like take you you take one, two, three, four seconds on, yeah. just drinking, drink, drink, and then put it down, and you you're like a third of the way done with the beer. See, I can. Do, I love. See, drinking. I don't think that's like a drink. That's when I think drinkable. That's what I mean. That's what I think. So this is a nice, rich sipping beer. You're gonna go quickly back for another sip, but uh, I, I think you want to take your time and really enjoy all this flavor. All right, now, everything you guys are saying makes me want to ask this question, because this sounds really good. How does it compare to the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout? Because that's very drinkable, too, in that same way that you were talking about. The difference is is probably about 2% alcohol. This is a 7.5. Wow. Cappuccino Stout's probably pushing, like, 8.8 to 9 something and it's 4.99 for a bomber of that yeah. where it's 9 or 10 dollars for a six pack of this um but i find this i think i find this beer more drinkable than you do cuz as soon as that coffee is left and i have that milk stout kind of taste in my mouth mm-hmm. i want that coffee again and i go right back like i could drink this really quick because i drink my coffee quick mm-hmm. and i love coffee I, I love coffee too and i that's what i said I, I think this is a good sipping beer but you're going to find yourself going in between those sips quite quite quickly you know to, not to be illiterate story, but the uh, episode 13 mm-hmm. be nectar strikes back definitely the same thing it's got that really nice honey sweetness up front, and then you get that bourbon flavor that kind of swoops in on the back end. Mm-hmm. I like. I gave myself some, and then I poured some for Alexi because she's been trying these alongside me. She took a sip and then made like the most disgusted face <laughs> ever, and I, like, which I just don't understand because it's like it's bourbon. Like we like the taste of bourbon, but she said it's just too sweet for her. Mm. But it's a meat. It's a honey wine, so it's. More like that syrupy. It's like that. I guess I just didn't know. She, I didn't expect that. She so. didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm okay with it because she poured the rest of her glass into mine. And now I'm going to be drunk. Uh, and I'm just saying, like, I'm planning on coming out and visiting you sometime in April, maybe May. And you better okay. have a bottle of that for me. I, I will buy some more because they had a couple bottles there. Mm-hmm. And 13.50 for a bottle of this. That's not bad. Um, and it's actually corked. It's like oh. a solid, like, it's like a small wine bottle. There's a oh. new Anderson Valley out, and it was like fifteen ninety nine. Oh. It's like a wild ale um, aged in the the um, wild turkey barrels. Okay. Yeah, but Ooh. Anderson Valley being above nine ninety nine is really surprising. But it's like those normal yeah. ones that we get are like 9%. This like is like fifteen percent. Wow. Okay. So it's a it's a big one, which I was like, okay. Alcohol percent equaling yeah. price. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So this per could percent. be something for after the show, but I'm just gonna ask quick. 
Uh, I have a half day tomorrow. Do you want me to go buy like a bottle of the Black Fang since you've had the Zombie Killer, and I'll get one of these and maybe the other one that I have? Um. Yeah. I, I like. I'm. I. I don't know what other. Um. I didn't look to see what other ones of the bee nectars we get. I would say just get the bourbon one because I think that would, that's the one I'm more interested in trying. It does say limited release on the yeah. bottle, too. So I'm not sure if this is something that's going to be readily available even here very long. Yeah, I would just sna- just snag one of those, and I'll I'll uh, I'll give you the, the the 13, 14 bucks for it. Just because. Yeah, it's, I might grab another bottle just to have around, too. <laughs> right? For, for sipping, if I can manage to sip it, because it, it goes down so smooth, and I think it's just because, yeah, it is really sweet, but that yeah. bourbon on the back, it just makes you be like, I, I want more. Well, what's something you also want more of? Maybe going to a brewery you like? What, what constitutes a, a brewer that you well, want to... John, that's going to set us into our main topic. Oh, this is your baby, Chris. This is my baby, and as such, I have decided to name it, and I just drive the sound quick as we were kind of getting back into things um i put what's on the label slash cover because that's really what catches your attention um and talking about breweries man i live in beer city usa officially and one of my favorite places to go is two blocks away it's founders it's one of our favorite breweries even before like i moved out here like it was something that I would take a look for, like anytime I would go through the beer aisle. But what keeps me going back there is just they have stand-up beers that I can sit down and drink at any point in time. Like the beers from them that I like, I could drink whenever. But it's the fact that they continuously make something different that you can only get there for maybe a week. Some of the stuff, maybe two. But every time I go there, it's something different that they have on tap. And I just think that's awesome because it's a completely different experience that makes me want to keep going back there. Uh, I would agree. It's definitely a cool place. The time I was there, I was, you know, I was picking up KBS, but I also was, like, just an awestruck of, like, how packed it was, you know, the bar, the beers up on the board. Like, it's definitely something that is just some place that you want to hang out because they also have music happening every weekend there they have cool bands showing up and from what you've told me what i've heard the food there is really good that was something i was going to kind of keep in the back pocket until uh like the next go round oh, that was going to be like... my number one was uh i have to hear about the food and also having cool pairings with the beer like do is you know having the menu incorporate the beer that they're brewing in the brewery. Like if you're doing a a uh, barbecue pork, you better include a you know a, one of your beers in that barbecue. Yeah, sauce. you're braising yeah. it in that, that in one of your beers. beers. Otherwise, and like why are you doing it? Why is something it else that Founders does too is they make their own mustard using the Centennial IPA or Red yeah. Rye IPA. And that's and it's it's great like and you can go there like you can sit down at the bar get an order of pretzel rods with a side of that mustard. And it's it's solid mustard. I actually bought a jar of the 
the yeah. Red's Rye one. Yeah. It's in the refrigerator right now. And, like, I got a bag of pretzels. And, like, when I'm sitting here watching Netflix or something, and it's like, I want something to snack on. Just pop it open. It's delicious. But, and that's the thing, like, as much as we like to drink on this show, something we don't talk about is how much we actually really like to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, we're not gluttons, but we, we enjoy food. And if you have great food to back up a great beer, mm-hmm. oh man, like, that's a place that I want to go. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think that's definitely one of the things is to have, a decent food list. Yeah. And like one of the things is like to me you need consistency in your beer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what puts one of the brewer the breweries out this way why I want to keep going there and that's Hamburg Brewery because the beers yeah they have their normal staple beers up mm-hmm. and then every season they've been bringing out something new. But when they bring out that something new, it's the quality of that beer. It's not just something that they're 32 skidooing and putting out. But they're saying, this is our next beer. This is the next beer that we're putting our name on and you're going to be getting for the next couple months. Where it's something like the other local brewery, um, Resurgence. Resurgence, who every week are putting out different beers. Some of them just aren't great. Some of them they're just putting out there and they're saying, here, this. And then you drink it and you go, mm. I think there's a – resurgence seems like they're scraping together the money and getting by and trying different things. And their flavors sometimes taste really artificial. And it's a lower quality product that they're putting out because I don't think they have the money to back them. Where Hamburg has – Hamburgers have the money. money and they're – and, you know. and, but. But they're, and also, they're, they're not putting out a beer a week. No, and, and they're not. And they're but they're putting out a consistently great beer. And when they give you something new, mm-hmm. that beer they're is capitalist. also stand out. That you say, oh wow, okay. Yeah. This. The tap list is like five beers deep at any one time, right? No, yeah. no. They no, it's, they it's, usually have about eight beers. They have probably about four beers that are their staple. Okay. Maybe five beers that are their staple beers, and then three that are their now their seasonals. Okay. Well, so there's six at any one time. No, they have those those three seasonals oh, are there. So I you got so you have three winter, three summer, three fall seasonals. Pretty much. Wow. I didn't know they were doing that many different. Because right now you got like the once. Garys. You got the um, well, wild they, they ale. Always have the Garys. It's always something that's a little bit different. Like that's their experimental line. Almost, like, okay. Hey, All right. Well, I was counting that in their seasonal because okay. I've yeah. I've only been there just recently and I've seen the Garys. Yeah, because I was, I can't remember when I was there. Not last, but before they had like a Garys something. You, you were there with me in um, October. It's October. Yeah. But before that, they had a different Gary's, and when I went to go to check into it on Untapped, it was one of I don't even remember how many, but the Gary's whatever seems to be their like trial, like that's their right. experimental like. But I, I don't mind an, an experimental yeah. Gary's. Gary's got a mod I when he, when for his <laughs> for his the seasonals. 
I don't mind that because they have that that wild ale that'll knock you on your ass. Oh God, yeah. And then they had another seasonal. I mean, they had an Oktoberfest. They had a pumpkin. They had something else during the the winter that we were when I was there. But consistency. Yeah. You know, everything you go. Oh wow, great. Yeah. That that deserves a three or higher on Untapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of, and that's the thing. Like all of Hamburg's beers are solid, and they're all mainstays. They're all drinkable. Like. OMS is a fantastic oatmeal stout. I love that beer. I might not order it every single time I would go there, but it's just because it's one of those beers that I know they always have. Uh, Same thing with the small town there, Saison. I I love it. It's really good. Samurai, Samurai, if I see it out anywhere else, I'll get it. I mean, I've bought a growler twice of it just a drink because it's such a good beer and when i go there i would get that and i would get the derailer i would always end the night with a derailer. oh yeah you got to you have to which is their bourbon aged beer bourbon aged uh oatmeal stout and but the samurai i mean i would take that over all the other beers that was my favorite summer beer last year and that's a rye beer with orange or no, it's a it's a rye IPA, okay. and it just that IPA gives it that great grapefruit, mm-hmm. and then that rye punch to it, yeah, and then it awesome. finishes with a nice vanilla. Love that beer. Even the house dressing, which is their what? I don't know, but it's it's, it's their really IPA, good. right? No, no, What's no. That? It's like a saison, isn't it? I don't remember. I, I think it's their like farmhouse ale. No, because the farmhouse is a small town. Small town. That's, Lexi's that's right. Favorite. But anyways, consistency. Always, you know, you're you're not just taking chances. You're saying, this is our next beer. Boom. It's going to be a staple. Taste it. You're going to love it. But, and here's the thing. Like, I'm going to kind of go flip side. I like the consistency. I like being able to go to a brewery and be like, I love this beer. Here it is. Let me get one. I do like the, like, experimenting like they do a resurgence. See, I would say I would enjoy more the experimenting going on at Founders because they have the resources to say, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. Or say, hey, we brewed this and bottled this eight years ago. We've done it here or there for the bar. We're going to rebottle it, and here's our black rye. You know, I think I, think I like their experimental or even dogfish is experimental more than I would enjoy resurgences. And resurgence, it's they're a smaller brewery, you know, they're trying to get by and they're trying to say, hey, look at us. And when you say, okay, I'm going to look at you, a lot of time you're going, Wah. I see what you're going there, but your smoked saison with cider sounds great on paper, but when I tasted it, I didn't want to finish my sample of it. And I gave it to the guy next to me. And, I mean, to get this maybe to a little broader, it's it's people who are experimenting big time. Like, I mean, you're, you're Saranac. Saranac is always putting out something different. They're trying to, you know, almost reinvent the wheel with some of the stuff that they're doing. And sometimes it's a hit. Sometimes it's, not a, it's a miss. But they're charging a lower price point for it. And then those bigger brewers who have a little more money are putting out something that is a little more standout-ish, has the 
maybe some of the better grains, better, you know, real fruit juices, yeah. real this, real, real that. Yeah. And they're saying, okay, we're going to put this out, but we're definitely standing behind it saying, this is what we're putting out. This is good. We're not, dogfish heads. We're not going to cheap yeah. you out about it. I mean, even even it's, the 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 southern tier here that we've had, mm-hmm. you know, they're real flavors, real flavors, real, real orange strong, peels, yep. real green coffee beans. It's still hard to equate that because you're looking at a regional brewery versus a local one. Still, um, Resurgence Brewing, they don't have a footprint. They have a brewery that has a bar in it, and they brew their beer, they serve it there. You can't go buy bottles of it. You can't go to mm-hmm. a bar down the street and get a pint of it. What they brew, they serve, and they serve what they brew. And the fact that they're willing to try something different is what keeps me going back there anytime that you know I'm, I come back to town or even when I lived in Buffalo. And I appreciate that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have their standbys that I really like, like the Loganberry Wit or the sponge candy stout but what keeps me going back there is the stuff that's like oh what do they have now and that's what i really appreciate about actually going to a brewery is because you can get something that you can't just go to the store to pick up and buy and i to to an to a point i agree i and 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 we took a pause, and Chris and I still continued this conversation, even though nobody was listening. And, and I agreed. It's a conversation I, that we've had multiple we, times we before, do. too. And yes, I agree. Going to a brewery and being able to try something new and having it stand out and having it say, wow, yes, they're doing something different. Resurgence isn't the best view of that because a lot of their stuff is the stuff they're already brewing and then they're adding things to it mm-hmm. they're already making an ipa this time they just added strawberries, strawberries. Yeah. they're already making their saison this time they're adding blood orange to it they're already making this we're just gonna and make put some smoked flavor to it so i don't think resurgence is always the best view of that but yeah, they are trying to think outside the box for a small little brewery that they are. The thing is, uh, I need to have at least two beers on the menu that I know that I love. Because one, you're you're asking me to travel out of my way to go to a brewery instead of just a bar where I can get Beers that I know I can love. Two or three beers that you know that I love. And, you know, there's going to be something different on the tap list anyways at a bar. If I'm going to that brewery, I'm locked into the one brand. So I have to have that brand loyalty already to go there. And then, okay, awesome. I'm excited. to, And the reason I'm going there instead of a bar is because I want to try out there's something different that they will only have at the brewery. And I'm, okay. I'm going to kind of like tie everything that we have all together because if I'm yes. going to a brewery, it's because I'm probably going to get some food too now. And if you have great food, I'm going to be spending all night there. Mm-hmm. And that all kind of ties into the other thing I had is the atmosphere. I don't want to just like walk into a place where it's like a cafeteria you need to have a good atmosphere. You, you need a place with soul. It, exactly. And, and 
it's, I think to, like most of the breweries I've been to, they've gone out of their way to try to cultivate that because they know it's like we want this to be a place that when you think back to it, you remember it. Yeah, this is something I, I think that's new within the last within the five last five years. years because before you would go to a brewery, the soul that they had was the brewery, brewery tour and tasting desk, and that yeah. was it. Now yeah. there's music venues, <laughs> like they got a stage out, like uh, and Southern Tier has a stage out back, and they've um, up the they've up the the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about, especially because I don't think Paul's been there, but you and me, Chris, the first time we went to Ithaca, Ithaca looked like wait. a we wait for it, Paul. Okay. First time we went there, it looked like like uh, Wilson Farms on the outside. Mm-hmm. You went in, there's like really shabby green carpeting, some boxes of their beer, they're selling grains, there's a register and a little bit of a bar where you can go, and it's it was like free tastings. Yeah. Or it was like yeah. $5 for a tasting, and the guy kept filling up our glasses. Yeah, because like we were the only people there I that was there with the beer because you were there with us. That time. So that time. I've been there. <laughs> the Not, next time okay. Chris and I went there, mm-hmm. that building's gone. It's a completely different atmosphere, but it's still inviting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk in, and their bar is made with bottle caps, and you sit down, and they have their normal beers that you would want there, your Flower Power, your other beers, mm-hmm. but then they have a firkin. The stout. They, they have a firkin. So good. They have a firkin on the bar, which is their apricot made with real apricots in a keg with apricots in it and then you have the McGonagall stout which was a great stout an Irish stout mm-hmm. um, and they have you know they have their white gold on tap that week and it's something that it's like okay this is the complete opposite of what we just walked into there's people playing that what's that thing where you slide like shuffleboard shuffleboard but it's it's played on a, a table tabletop. Yeah. tabletop one what is that called uh, Sports, Paul. Some kind of bowling thing. No. Uh, um, but then they're also they're they're serving gourmet food there. You can get a burger. You can get a roast beef sandwich. You can get a plate of pasta. You know, so it's within a couple of years they've yeah. just completely changed it to it's not just a place that brews beer, but it's a place you want to go to eat and hang out mm-hmm. and eat and but drink the- beer. And eat I, and drink beer. The first beer. time we went there, it was more like walking into a company store where I could try their beer. Yeah. And I felt the same way about Southern Tier when we were there for that, like, barbecue fest. Because they had their bar where they had stools. And then on the next wall, there was T-shirts. And that was their tasting room. Like, luckily, we were there in summer and there were a bunch of other breweries there where you could go out to, like, that courtyard next to the parking lot and try a bunch of different stuff. Well, that was but, their that was their tasting room. The restaurant was closed that day. Okay, see, there is I haven't a, been to that part. There is a restaurant, and they've completely remodeled that place too. But that it, that kind of factors back to like what keeps you going back. If Southern Tier was just what we walked into that day, I I would feel no need to go back. But yeah, they have a barbecue smoke place. Ooh, nice. And like going to Founders like every week. It keeps me going back there because of the stuff that we've talked about. And there's another brewery, like, a block away, Brewery of Avant, that, like, we've had stuff from. John, you, you were actually there as well. Yeah. 
it's a brewery that's in an old church. The atmosphere is great. Like it's all a lot of like stone and hardwood. Like you're sitting in pews when you're like tasting your beer. They have their bar set up at the pulpit. It's great atmosphere. Their beers are okay. It's nothing stand out. They don't have like a lot of food. It might be like sandwiches and like nibbles. It's someplace I haven't been since I originally came to Michigan to, like, check out the scene. I'll go back there at some point, but it's not a place where I'm like, oh, man, you know where I need to go? A brewery of a bot. And there's been a couple other places I've been that have been the same way, but the places that I've gone to multiple times, it's because it has everything that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm glad we kind of all had the same stuff as, like, this is a place I want to go to. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, like right. like we said. And we'll finish up this talk. Let's do our last beer of the night. Uh, Paul and I are cracking open what we think might be a two-year-old old curmudgeon from Founders. We're not hey, as crafty as uh, John's girlfriend with the whole uh, labeling system to start <laughs> The, uh, no, we never, we never got a hang of that. Like, oh, let's label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we started. <laughs> we, I think we did episode numbers on it though. We, 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 not actual like dates. We did, um, we did for a little bit, and then we just stopped doing that. Uh, and this is a nine point eight percent old ale brewed with molasses, aged in oak barrels, and Paul's making a crazy face. It's just, you know how I like uh, my beer to taste like tea. This is black tea with honey. Oh, this is so good. It is so crazy mm. that this is what Old Curmudgeon became. This mm. is not old so curmudgeon. smooth. It's, it's smoothed out that much? Yeah. yeah. This okay. is nuts. Uh, and I didn't pour the whole bottle because I noticed that there was a lot of sediment on the bottom. So we'll, we'll finish with that. Maybe get a, so, a B shot. Uh, my, my question, should I open the next mead that I have, or no, should I open we don't, up the curmudgeon? We don't have enough time for another mead. Do, do a curmudgeon. Do the curmudgeon. Okay. Save the mead for another night. I, I'm, I'm going to walk to the kitchen while we're vamping so I can grab that. Okay. Because I'll well, save that mead, because it was uh, an apple mead. We, we talked about uh, what makes us go to a brewery. What makes us go to try out a new comic book series? Uh... Because we're a comic book one, podcast, I'm like, well, we got to have at least something. Comic I've book-y. said it. Here's I, the thing: I thought of either that we would open up with the comic book talk because we're a comic book co- uh, podcast, or we would close with it because I'm, we're comic book podcast. Oh, good, good. I've said it a thousand times when I pick up a new number one. The concept just has to be really creative and outside the box. You know, I just want something really kind of different but then it still fits in with you know the mystery the kind of horror books the macabre the noir kind of feel to things i love when it has that but if it's got a creative edge to it definitely something that draws me in and i don't know about you guys but i buy a lot of number ones (laughs) yes you do i know you do see i and and here's the thing i'm i'm good about it I don't always make you guys read those number ones. That's true. Uh, I always download those number ones when I see you've purchased something. Nope. I don't always read them because I'm like, ugh, <laughs> I, I don't want to read that. Yeah. But if it's something I know that we're going to be checking out, I will. Yeah. Only because I read them, and if it's something that hits me, they're like, uh, oh my God. Dayman, 
Daymen. Yeah. Daymen that definitely was, was something that I'm like, hey, check this out. I read the first three issues because it, I, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> granted, Did the fourth one come out yet? Granted, the first three issues followed. took like a whole year to come out in between, so it was great for me. I, I didn't need to fall behind first, which is good. But yeah, I, I understand. Hey, looking at a concept, the concepts that will always hook me is stripping a character back down to its base, back down to their base, uh, back down to their heart, uh, a uh, heist, <laughs> and uh, uh, what's another? Oh, an anthology. You know, those are the three concept book concepts that I'm like. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to be more interested in poking, picking up. Because I just sat down, and can I go back to beer talk yep, for a second? Yep, yeah. Well, we were vamping, so you could get to do this. Well, he was trying to jump in, and then you just oh. steamrolled over. <laughs> I didn't hear him comment. It's okay. I'm sorry. Brazil, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that you're laughing into your glass. <laughs> Thank you for being able to tell that. I heard it. Only on the bagging board cast. Um, holy sweet tea. I can definitely see how Paul would like this beer. And if I had had this, not on the show, just like me sitting down at a bar somewhere, and I took a sip, I'd be like, oh my god, Paul would love this beer. Yeah. Because it has like a sun tea mm-hmm. taste to it. Yeah, sun tea you, is perfect. You get a nice like sweetness from that molasses. Like It's not so different the- from what old curmudgeon like, <laughs> normally is. And it's crazy that you got all the good this stuff. This beer has turned into something so, so different. <laughs> yeah, that's what blew wow. my mind and what made me do the crazy faces because I couldn't believe Old Curmudgeon turned into this beer. And Old Curmudgeon is a great fresh oh, yeah, yeah. is a great beer. Oh yeah, it's and a I'm, great beer no matter how you have it. I'm, and this is just kind of solidifying. I'm almost that. positive we are drinking. It has to a be a two year old bottle. Has to be really yeah. old. Usually, Founders is so good about marking their bottles, like with dates and stuff. Especially if it's something that you can age. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this is bo- this bottle is so old it doesn't even have that. Yeah, it's fell I, off. I feel like going to the brewery and be like, I have this bottle. Can you tell me where? Can you age this roadshow style? You know, just to have them open it up, do do the whole sniff test, and then take a taste and be like. Yeah, definitely a vintage 2011. And you're like, what? 2011? Uh, it's uh, not to go back to the brewery talk because we're a comic book podcast, but the fact that we've had this beer like for at least a year, I mm-hmm. I feel like this is too because I think after a year it would still be more. I think we've had this after a year, yeah, and it's not it's not as smooth as this. And we chose like, oh, we'll have these two bottles we can do for two and three more years. Jeez, um, yeah, this is the time. This is wheelhouse time, though. Don't. Don't, yeah, don't, don't go. Say, don't go past two don't years. Go past two years. Uh, if this is a two-year <laughs> bottle, I, I'm gonna say like, if you have no. one, wait three. Be like, Do no. you guys taste that mango on it? <laughs> no, because I, I think there's things that are dropping off in this beer that let us taste the more tannin, yeah. which is the black, you know, the dark sun tea kind of thing, and the sweetness and is just, still there. I think anything after this, just, the sweetness and, and is going to go believe, away. And you wouldn't believe all the sediment that was on the mm-hmm. bottom. Um, and just to say, like, Chris, those those creme brulees were almost two years old, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're still really good. I, they're amazing. Just vanilla. Uh, just a great vanilla mm-hmm. stout. Yeah, it definitely levels off and it gets a lot more drinkable. Yeah. But what comic books are 
drinkable. Because, John, I agree with you. Concept matters? Yes. Con- concept's big, and... Creativity. Become more, sorry, what? Creativity. Creativity. The creative idea. Like, I find myself falling more and more into that, like, old, grizzled comic book reader attitude where it's like, I read Green Lantern because I read Green Lantern. Like, mentality... And it's harder for me to pick up the new stuff because I'm very much in that, like, I vote with my wallet mind frame. Where it's like, if it's a book I want to read, I'm going to buy it. And I will continue to buy it from here on out. I, I found that I'm the opposite of that. When the creative team was dropping off of Green Arrow, I said, all right, this is, I've got the Green Arrow story I want to get. I don't need to try somebody else's taste of this Green Arrow. I got what I need out of that. I'm going to take a break. If I hear this is good, maybe I'll pick it up and trade. But I'm good right now. That's done. What else can I get? All right, I'll pick this up. I'll continue on with this until it stops being good. Then I can almost, that throwaway culture, throw that away. Give me something new. You know. And I'm always trying out new stuff. I'm not continuing on with new stuff most of the time, but I am always continuing on trying new stuff, trying to get that flavor that I need. It's just hard to f- keep that flavor going. Yeah. Is that flavor a nice sun tea? <laughs> could be. Man. Could be. No, and... I'm envious of you because you're drinking a whole bottle of this and I had to split it with Paul. No, I, I shared it. I'm not... Did you share the whole, like, you split it even, 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 Steven? Shh. <laughs> yeah. No, hissing yeah. at our listeners is not fun. <laughs> Don't. Let's not. Oh, I, I'll try not to, but, like, can I say, hush, hush. I can't like that better. Um, <laughs> no, I, I applaud creativity, but I feel like, the quote-unquote creative stuff that makes me want to pick up a book is something that's like a throwback or more familiar. It's something that I know already that's coming back. Um, Didn't talk about it in Weekend Geek, but the fact that IDW is going to be publishing a bunch of Disney comics made me be like, oh shit, I love Disney. I want to read Scrooge McDuck. I've never bought a Scrooge McDuck comic book in my life, but I'm taking note of it now. Hmm. It's like 50-50. I want that novelty, but I want nostalgia. I can understand that. I mean, it's I hard. mean, look at look at you and with I mean, you were buying the Rescue Rangers book. Uh Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Oh, well, yeah, cuz that book is awesome. Those, but those were written by the people that were writing the Saturday morning yeah. cartoons, right? No. At least yeah. the Darkwing Duck was. No. It, it, no? Okay. I'm, it, it was... Um, I'm often wrong. So It was a guy that was just a huge fan of those. Oh. Uh, Ted Stone, James Silvani, and they did have one of the like producers of the show like working with him on it. Okay. Well, that uh, must be what I'm misremembering. Yeah. No, you, you're like 50% of the way there, so it counts. Counts? Counts like like 51%. Chris sharing 50% of his beer with his girlfriend. Yeah. Hush. 
I shared 50% of my two-year-old KBS with my girlfriend, just saying. How, okay, how was it? When you sent me those texts, I, I wanted to be like, how was it? But like, it was kind of more serious than that, so I didn't want to be like, oh, that sucks. How's the beer? Not as good as KBS, but better than a double uh, double stout, the regular okay. Hey, you got to be a we're going to we're going to be reviewing it on the podcast. That's why I we know, gave I, you 3 of them. So think, when you sent me the text I was thinking about like grabbing a bottle open up but I was like, eh, I'm going to wait. No, let's drink it. Let's drink them next week. Let's drink it yeah, next okay. week. Drink it next I'm week. So down for I that. wanted to hold off on the two that are mine for my birthday. Yeah. Which is where what I do for my birthday now is, is just say, "Hey, friends, if you want to come over and play games and drink with me, you can come over as yes. early as 9 a.m. Yes. And you have to be out the door by midnight. Like, okay. That's, that's birthday. Paul, I will be there for your birthday. I'm, I'm there for it. I'm that day off tomorrow when I go into work. All right. There you go. I'll be there. Uh, probably May 5th is my birthday, listeners. And if you want to find a wish list. Can we? I'm sorry. <laughs> we haven't done this on the show before. So I take off the why. second. Can we start calling May fifth single day Paulo? <laughs> <laughs> we, we could, but okay. uh, I, I'll probably Done. be doing that board game like all day gaming thing on the second, and I I really do want to play uh, Artemis on that day. I think that's when I'm going to do it. Okay, night. yeah. You know. Just have it yeah. all set up. I don't know what that is. The, so I'm going to go back the, to the comic book talk. This, the uh, Starship um, what? Bridge Simulator game. Star Trek Bridge Simulator game. Oh, that's the Star Trek one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But board games, or uh, not board games, but comic <laughs> no. books. <laughs> comic books that make us want to try it. Yeah. Comic- I think aesthetically what's really keeping me going back to comic books is when it's more that pulpy kind of art style, too. Hmm. Hmm. Like the Iron Fist, the Hawkeye, for the Paul... The She-Hulks. The mm-hmm. Daredevil. Yep. Daredevil. Well, I just like that more, like, quote-unquote, of all seasons, mm-hmm. art style now. We were getting that is, with uh, Thor, God of Thunder, with Isab Rivik. So. Yeah, it's that more, like, evergreen style, which is crazy for me, because I used to love that, realistic? that big, over-the-top Jim Lee like bombastic style steve mcniven you know that you know they look like real well with steve mcniven they look like real people in costume and doing crazy superhero antics yeah and there's there's a lot from that art style i i personally feel steve mcniven isn't steve mcniven anymore with his art style yeah well, uh, I, think, I think it's because he's just he does too much now. Yeah, I think he's he, even when he was doing four Marvel Knights four, he was being double shipped, yeah. like because he can turn out the page count. But I think we 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 see the limitate how the turnaround has really stepped up for him, and also how so he has to quickly turn out these pages. Yeah. And also, we even saw it at the one convention we went to, and we're yeah. like, his two-faced. His two-faced. Took look, no time at all. Took no time at all, but it also looked like his Reed Richards just scarred up on the other half. You yeah. know, and you're like, oh, it's the same character, just... Yeah, he knows how to do that face, and he that just does face, that face. And yeah, yeah, so... But he does it quickly, and he does it well. Yeah. Yeah. But they like do he's, look He spent the rest of the time while Ethan Van Skyver was talking, like... Drawing more grossness on Two Faces' yeah. other face. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, there's so many things that draw you in. The creative teams going on it, even if it's just an artist you follow or a writer you follow. You know, I will... It's even better if it's both and it's coming onto a book that you don't care about. Yeah. Uh, Like, I... I know. What's the best is when it's a character that you used to love that has fallen on such hard times and nobody else has cared about. And then that creative team that you do love now says, you know what, I we really love this character. We're going to bring him back. And Jeff Lemire is doing that twice for me. <laughs> With two archers. Yeah. See? Exactly. Okay. Like okay. Stuff like that. I, or, I wanted to talk about this when one of us inevitably picks it for uh, the list. Next week but with, with uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye 22? Ooh, 21? 21. The number. Wait, that's the finale, finale part. No, okay, it's Matt no. Fraction. I'm like, does Matt Fraction it's not called even like, finish? It's called like, like finale part one. Does Jeff Lemire have to come on with like, like picking up brains off the floor and like shoving it back into... <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I don't even know what's happening in that series right now because it's so long. But that's the thing, like, we've gone, like, two, three months since we've had an issue of Hawkeye. But then after the next issue is solicited, like, a week after that, we have, like, all-new Hawkeye by Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox. That's nothing new uh, coming from Marvel, though. Like, yeah. oh, Fantastic Four canceled, but, guys. Oh. But, FF, number one, coming out next week. Well, oh, no, FF has been canceled, Mar- guy. <laughs> Fantastic Four coming out next week. Yeah, but well, a, but now they're canceling it because it's like we don't own the movie rights. Yeah. It's dead. Wolverine dead. Hey, guess who's gonna die? Yeah. Deadpool dead. Wolverine die dead. Wolverines is out. Uh, Logan's legacy or whatever that's called, or Wolverine yeah. legacy. And then like there's yeah, they, they spawn more books, but he's still dead. Yeah. No, he's <laughs> not dead. He's a Spider-Man he's an adamantium like sculpture. Yeah. That people are fighting over. It's that's right. You're... I don't think we need to review Wolverine's number one. By the way, guys. No. Oh, know. did you read it? I bought it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, think... I think Hawkeye is like a good way to look at how we've been reading comic books because <laughs> that was a character we... that nobody cared about until a creative team that came out that that Matt Fraction David Aja run. Mm-hmm. That really figured out, strip him to this core, take away, you know, he's he's the least superhero of the Avengers, so let's not do a superhero story. And let's do thing, uh, well, it's one this, of our, our favorite issues of that book was about his dog. <laughs> pizza dog. Like, walking around trying to solve a murder. And You well, wouldn't get that from a Wolverine or an X-Men book. No. And here's the thing is, you wouldn't well, expect... Well, we did with X-Men... Uh, Wolverine and the X Men. We got some crazy issues in there. So, but almost that book is almost yeah. not even, yeah, an X Men or Wolverine book. Well, Hawkeye isn't really a Hawkeye book. Yeah, and I want to say like when that when that book came out, there was like Captain America and Hawkeye team up book that they were doing, and Hawkeye was doing another. You know, he's another thing. He was the breakout character but from this, the Avengers movie. But but this is what really made him something that people a fan favorite mm-hmm. and then they did the hawkeye and deadpool and now they you know they put him on the secret avengers but that character still isn't what we're getting in this book well even before that he led the west coast avengers 
and he re- ran Thunderbolts for a while. You're saying that like it means something. Yeah, I, you, have, you like, don't he, see the face that I'm making of Paul the hand gesture. I was like, I whip my hand open, open, and I'm just like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, that was before my I thought, time. I'm sorry, I, I thought you were doing like the jerk off motion, like, <laughs> eh, leader of the West Coast. Slow, the it was very slow. <laughs> yeah, but. Don't do I, what I'm saying is, Why, it's, oh, don't finish. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that they they have tried to make Hawkeye this leader before, and he is, and, and because he, is, he was, he was a fan favorite, mm-hmm. and he's something that fell off because he was a fan favorite for the older generation, the two generations before us as one, readers. One generation. I would say West Coast Avengers is was definitely. What the early nineties or, or 80s, late eighties? Yeah, if not earlier than that. Okay, so, so one generation before us. I'd say two because we didn't really start reading, reading, and collecting, and being something that this was what we are about mm-hmm. until we were in our twenties. Yeah. Okay, but what did we start reading? Well, what I started reading was X Factor because I were used you to there, pick it up. Were you there month to month with that series? As month to month as I could be, right? From so you weren't as a kid, you, yeah, because as a I had kid, to be you're driven. not. As a kid, you're not a comic book, unless you have somebody that's going there. Yeah. My dad had three okay. subscriptions to comic books that I got every month, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say they that were. I was a comic book kid, especially well, not only know, the fact the I used to have to go to I used to go to a reading tutor, mm-hmm. and every week my dad would stop and we'd buy a comic book to help me learn how to read and get better at reading. Better at reading. Right. So uh, I th- I was getting four different comic books every week and getting three comic and books. And still one so and seven books. Seven books. And I, like, yes, that was something that 28 was... 28 books a month. <laughs> that's more than you read now. And you weren't, a, read now. you weren't a comic book fan? But but I wasn't, I, I didn't, ex- I didn't, it wasn't, who I was, it was something that was there. It wasn't something I'm that gonna, became a part of me. Right, it's I'm something that's in there now. Had my knowledge of as it. As a kid, I was more of a comic book reader than I was a comic book collector. Yeah. Well, because I, I became a comic book collector once I got back into like the art form, and I'm, now I'm back to being a comic book reader because I buy what I like, and that's what I kind of started off as because as a kid I was like oh I like X-Men I'm going to buy and read whatever X-Men book like my parents or the extend families you know want to pay like the two bucks to do when we go to the supermarket and that's the thing. And then you would sit at the lunch table. You would trade the books back and forth between your friends, and you wouldn't you wouldn't really get to read the issue because you couldn't take it from the lunchroom because it, none of us yeah, trusted you, each other. You just looked at it, yeah. And they would be like, "Oh, did he see this?" And they would have the like uh, crazy uh, Age of Apocalypse, and it's like Wolverine has bone claws. Look, and Cyclops has you know. And they turn the page and be, show you the yeah. cool stuff. And I would be there with X Factor and be like. Yeah, but she has but green hair. Havoc, guys. Havoc. <laughs> Havoc. And I had, like, all the the Marvel, the DC cards. I think that's more where my knowledge of comic book characters came from than the actual comic books. At that age, right, at that, right. at that yeah. teenager, before teenager, 
all of that going on. And we would go to the Scholastic Book Fair that they would have, and we'd buy the like X Men book that would be out, and they would have all the. It was basically the it's power. It's like the mutant files. It was yeah. It was basically the power cards in book form, which was pretty lame. Yeah, but you still had like you still like had the them cool cards. No, I never. Had I had cards. like a. It was almost like a Where's Waldo book, but it was like find these characters in this mess, and you'd be like, oh, there's Wolverine, but it would be all the X like all the X Men and villains and stuff there. No, you're thinking of top ten from uh, ABC <laughs> Comics, our America's best comics. Maybe that's like a lot of yeah. Easter eggs in that book. That's yeah. all you're thinking of. <laughs> uh, Boom! Comic book joke <laughs> from Paul. What? <laughs> so, John, creativity. Creativity. Like, I've I've I said like it for nostalgia. years. Buying my new number ones. Paul, what do you like? Uh, nostalgia. No. Uh, and also creative team. It's it's all about the. It's I get locked in, and it's probably I'm horrible at it. On a couple, a handful of creators, like maybe three at a time, and I'm like, "What are they writing?" Okay, I'm I'm reading that. If they come out with a new book, then awesome, I'm definitely going to pick that up. And if they once I, I get a feel for that book, I might fall off and you know like become backlogged on that issue on that those yeah. issues. And I think what's up. really been your downfall as a comic book reader and fan, Paul, is going digital and not going every Wednesday and reading them during my lunch break. Yes. Yeah. It's and and that was I mean you you change your you change your job mm-hmm. and you weren't right down the street from yeah. your comic book shop. And that's what I think made it the hardest for you is cuz yeah. you were just like Wednesday my lunch break I'm going to get my new books. I had a schedule and I I was able to read my books. And the problem like, is, I, is I forget it's Wednesday. After eight thirty, you can just do that. You can get your books. Yeah, but I don't even think about it. Do you because, need me to call you every Wednesday? No. You should set an alarm that only goes off on Wednesdays. And when that alarm goes off at like twelve o'clock, when you take your lunch or whatever, it should, the alarm just says new comic books. You have a smartphone. You can do that, Paul. <laughs> you might not be able to surf the web anywhere you want with that smartphone, yeah. only when you're connected to Wi-Fi, I, I but you can this. set that alarm ev- yeah. for every Wednesday that just says, new books, dummy. And then you go, oh yeah, new books. <laughs> Is that why Paul still hasn't bought Star Wars number one? <laughs> yeah, I need to pick that up. Yeah, you need to pick yeah, it up. You do. I was looking forward to reading that. <laughs> I don't have my phone. This is right why now. we cut you out of of uh, Batman Eternal because we're like hey, Paul's never gonna buy it. We're gonna get fucked over by this guy. I don't mean to fuck you guys over. I, no, but Creative Team is another one that makes me want to like pick up a book. Because, oh, definitely. Yeah, I always read Batman, and the fact that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were coming on Batman didn't make me pick up the book. But if you say Brian K. Vaughn coming on to I'm trying to think of a character I don't care about, but Dead Man. Dead Man. Yeah, like I love Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. I would read a Brian K. Vaughn Dead Man. Brian K. Vaughn Brian K. Vaughn Dead Man would be awesome. It, and, and that's let's, thing, let's like, hope he teams up with uh, Fiona Staples again, because that oh, would be a great yeah. book. But if you announce like a new Dead Man book tomorrow from some writer artist team that I don't care about I'd be like eh maybe I'll pick that up for you know this month look back because it's something to talk about yeah it's a new number one exactly which we do all the time and doesn't sometimes they don't mean anything to us 
Yeah, there's been a lot of books that we've just kind of been like, eh, we read it. It was a comic book. Here's the next book that we actually kind of liked. Yeah. And and then there's times that you pick up a new number one, and it's something that strikes – it just hits you. And then you say, okay, this guy. I'm following this guy. He's, and, he's in my rotation of people that whenever I see them on a book, I'm going to check it out. And that's the thing to kind of go back to the annual look back. I know Jim Zub has been writing comic books for years now. But I never read any of them until he did the Figment book from Marvel and Disney. But that made me be like, wow, like, he writes really fun stories. And then I downloaded Skull Kickers number one. It was free on Comixology. I didn't read it before that, even though it was free. But I was like, wow, this is a fun, like, Swords and Sorcery comic book. This is something that I like, and I will probably pick up. You know, the trade paper back when it drops on their price. Paul's showing me that he bought Star Wars. <laughs> Just did it. <laughs> okay, I'm downloading that tonight. Thank you. All right, uh, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. You had four days off. so you... I had three days off. Three days off. And he's uh, playing PlayStation. But now you can uh, read about... Uh, oh. It's a period of renewed hope for the Rebellion. The evil galactic great empire's greatest weapon, the Death Star, has been destroyed by the young rebel pilot, Luke Skywalker. Right. And this is perfect timing, too, Paul, because our look back will be coming up shortly. <laughs> we got our, our Super Ball, yep. and then uh, we'll be going oh, into God, that. We got pro- uh, bloop, bloop, Super, bloop, Ball? Super Ball. Super Ball is next week. Is it? Yes. Oh Are we God, actually doing it on the Super Ball Sunday? Yeah. Well, no, because I'm going to be at a party. Yeah, so <laughs> if, if you guys want to do it early afternoon, uh, Chris probably can't do that. Okay. I don't know how if I work. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out when we're doing it. But no, yeah. but we I'm, used to I'm do. Let you know when the Super Bowl is happening. I know Katy Perry's in the halftime. <gasps> she is. Ooh. She's singing, and somebody else is with her, right? Doesn't matter. I don't care. But anyways. Yeah, her boobs. <laughs> I like to believe that she calls one Tony and the other one Randall. <laughs> Randall. Why? All right, we've been doing this episode for over two hours now, so it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> there's no explaining that. It really is Tony not. Randall. This is because you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> wrap us up, Paul, please. Uh, if you like what we did here, and I don't know why, <laughs> but go ahead and go over to the iTunes and leave us a rating and a review, especially a written review. Written reviews are the thing that actually move us up that uh, hobbies leaderboard, basically. To we can't be losing to sewing podcasts <sighs> anymore. They only put one knitting. episode out. Knitting. Oh, geez. Those knitters. Not even sewers. Sewers yeah. is a craft. Sewers, you know, you can do stuff like, oh, I got a hole in my jeans. Let's sew up, sew in a patch. Understand, knitting is useless and stupid and a waste of everybody's time. You can make a time. scarf in the afternoon. Big deal. I can buy a scarf in under five minutes. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you're going to niff me an Afghan? I don't care. I'm, I'm an American. I'm going to niff you an Afghan, sir. I'm going to niff it really good for you. I'm an American. American. I'm American, and I'm niffin'. I hope there's, like, some drug reference that's, like, niffin'. And then everyone's going to be like, Paul guy seems so straight-laced, but he's a niffer. 
He's niffing all the time. This just in. Paul of the Bang broadcast secret niffer. <laughs> Actually, I saw that movie back in the eighties about the rats. Secret of the Neff? Neff? Huh? Nim. Oh! So I was thinking wrong. Willard. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with it, but I was going to wait till you drew it out, I, and I you were not. wrong. But <laughs> if you knew what Paul was talking about, or if you didn't, let us know. Contact at bangboardcast.com or individually at chrisjohnerpaul at bangboardcast.com. We like emails. We don't get any, but... So we still check. We like weekly. the idea. And also we you like guys check mine for me because I don't. Yeah, I, we do. But uh, we also like uh, looking at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash board, right? I have no idea. Absolutely. And then we got a Twitter account at Board. We've got a Twitter. We've got an Instagram. We have a Tumblr. We, we like the Internet. We are all over the Internet. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do that Internet. Mm-hmm. Trying to do it. And, and uh, uh, if there's a beer out there that you want us to try, a book you want us to read, find one of those places and let us know. And if you've been aging anything in your cellars, hey, let us know how you liked it, if it worked out for you. Because sometimes we have good ones and sometimes we have bad ones. Or if it's a two-year-aged curmudgeon, just send it to uh, <laughs> bangboardcast.com because we'll find a way to get it. Because Oh, talking about emailing. Wow. Uh, if you leave us a rating or a review, or if you already have, email us your address. We owe you a Valentine's Day note. Valentine's Day is quickly coming upon us. So uh, if you left us a rating and a review in the past year, uh, email us at your address uh, at contact.bagnumboardcast.com, and we will mail you a little Valentine's Day card. Uh, and that's all we do with that address. We don't sell it to anybody. We... We quickly then forget your address, so you have to send it to us every year. <laughs> yeah. And like I said the other week, too, you'll get two because I will send one as well, and I will make sure my cat Ben Franklin signs it for you, too. Are you going to put his like little paw on an ink pad and then stamp yep. it? Yep. You're going to fucking hate that. Oh, he sounds like a shit cat most of the time. He is. You can follow me over at CRoy2814 if you want to see uh, pictures of him on Instagram. <laughs> 